1: Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson with another edition of Southern Fried Soccer. We're coming to you from the Atlanta United Team Store at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, where Darlington Nagby is here to meet and greet the public in his first appearance since being traded to Atlanta from Portland earlier this week. I'm joined by Jason Longshore of 92.9 and Soccer down here. Jason, how you doing?
0: Doing well, doing well. Didn't expect uh, we'd have a big greeting like this for um, Darlington Nagby. I mean, this is awesome.
1: How many people do you think we're here?
0: They've extended it you know they were right. full and now they're they're letting more people in uh the line was, was pretty far out the door when we got here uh it's, a, it's an amazing turnout for as great of a player as nagby is you know this is not a david beckham signing this right. is not that type of roll out the red carpet but they're doing it anyway and the fans are responding it's really cool
1: it is cool uh i think there's probably a couple hundred people here yeah, uh they pushed guess. back the media Interviews with Darlington to accommodate everybody. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Um, so now a lot of the questions about Nagby are. Where's he going to play? What's his best position? It's questions that have kind of dogged him, for lack of a better word, throughout his career because he's so versatile, but he hasn't really seemed to lock down any one particular spot. Where do you think Gerardo Martino is going to use him in the formation?
0: I think he's the eight. I think he's the box-to-box midfielder. Uh, I think the biggest problem that he's had is that he is so versatile, Mm -hmm. and it's easy because of his ability to use him as a problem solver, and I think Caleb Porter did that. Whenever Portland needed a presence on the wing, Nagy would go out to the wing, whether it's the left or the right. Porter said he scored more goals from the wing. Here, that's not his job. His job is to link play, and I think adding that element, both dribbling and passing, you know, this is a guy who was the best passer in the league last year among regular players, 92%. He doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't score and assist a lot. He doesn't need to here. It's more about all the play and the build-up. He's the, the old-school point guard that's not expected to fill up the bucket score a bunch of points. That's the type of role he's going to have here.
1: He's John Stockton without the short shorts. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much so, hopefully. By the way, that could be a new fashion thing for MLS, selling short shorts. There you go. Uh, Jason, you should wear short shorts.
0: No, no, I'm going to skip that one.
1: Um, I think he's going to be... In between, I think he's going to play in between Carmona or Lewandowski, whoever is the defensive midfielder, or maybe even Gosling, uh, depending sure. upon how much playing time he gets, and Albaron. Yeah, uh, that's
0: the role I'm thinking. I think
1: it, I think they'll still do the four-two-three-one. Yeah. Um I think maybe you might see a little more three-five-two. Uh, next season which Martino used a little bit more toward the end of the season yeah. particularly when they were chasing results uh, late in games uh, adding um, Escobar they could play the three-five-two if yeah. they want to with Parkhurst in the middle Escobar on the right Perez on the left push Garza up into a, a wide midfielder type of a role um, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, you start playing with the numbers and the formations. I think on a regular basis, going to three in the back is tricky because of the other pieces in the team. I think in the back, you can do it with your defensive midfield. You can do it beyond that. You're going to be leaving somebody out when you go to that form, like a three, four, three or a three, five, two. I think they're the most dangerous and most balanced playing the four, two, three, one. I think that'll be the base. That's been Martino's MO since his career started as a manager. Mar- Marcelo Bielsa, his mentor, is a 3-4-3 guy. That's the big difference. Martino's a 4-3-3 guy, and he's been that way really everywhere. Do you see variations and wrinkles? Absolutely. Could it look like a 4-1-4-1 at times with Nagby up high in the formation next to Almiron? Yeah. If you have an injury, if you have to change things up, could he slot out wide? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could Almiron drop into that 8 role? Yes. is where he played for Lanus in Argentina. So you now have another player that's very versatile. When Tata Martino sees a matchup that he likes, moving him out to the wing, if he likes the 1v1 matchup that Nagby might have, you're going to see that at times. That's that's what this brings to the table. And Escobar, too. Mm -hmm. As you said, he can play in the middle Mm -hmm. as well as outside. So you have a team that has gotten better and even more versatile than they were.
1: Which players... Do you think this is going to impact their playing time currently on Atlanta United? Currently, I think
0: it's between Carmona and Lorenowitz what that looks like, where Nagby fits. Because I see Nagby as the eight in that combination, I see Almarone as the 10. So the six is going to be between Carmona and Lorenowitz. And maybe it's an opportunity for Lorenowitz to rotate a little bit more, uh, stay fresher at his age, and also back up in the back and play as a, as a third center back when needed in that shape. I think that's probably the biggest one right now. Now there's other questions about other moves that might happen, and we know the hashtag Barco watch and all that going on, and that's going to have an impact if it happens. Because somebody's going to fill the left wing, right? and we don't know who that's going to be yet. Is it Barco? Is it Jamil Lazad? Is it somebody else? We don't know. There's a lot of questions about what, it, what the final shape looks like, but I think directly Nagby impacts the, the central midfield.
1: I'm curious about how it affects Julian Gressel's playing time. Also, there's keeps not him really starting. a spot for him. Yeah. But we fought that last year and he kept being put in the starting lineup in various spots.
0: It keeps him from starting on a regular basis. It keeps him from being maybe your first choice at any position. But Julian will probably be your first choice off the bench in a lot of positions. And that was the original idea for him, and he ended up seeing a lot of minutes last year because of opportunity and because of his performance. I think you'll see that again.
1: And now We both thought that Andrew Carlton might get about 1,000 minutes next season. What do you think about that now?
0: I think with the USL team in the mix, that's really the biggest change for that you know maybe if it's 500 minutes at MLS and like 2000 or 2500 at USL it's where you want it to be he's going to see the bulk of his time over there and it changes the I think the conversation you have with him going into the season is here with the first team it would be competing earning time making an impact in your limited minutes USL it's going to be being the man there's going to be expectations on him and Chris Goslin, and I think Miles Robinson and I think Brandon Vasquez as well I think he's going to see a lot of time over there it's going to be when you go there and you're playing with Gwinnett you have to perform and that's I like that situation I think that's even a better role from a development standpoint than seeing 10 minutes here and five minutes here going over there and being expected to carry the team in 90-minute matches it's very important for, for development
1: any other moves around MLS impress you so far
0: uh, I like what LAFC is doing at center mm-hmm. back I mm-hmm. like Zimmerman and Simone I think that's a, a good pairing um, Can think of some others off the top of my head. I'm a little confused by their designated player signings, though. I thought they would go bigger. I like Rossi. I think he's a good good pickup as a 19-year-old Uruguayan. I don't know about the Portuguese guy they're looking at, because he hasn't broken in at sporting yet, so I wonder what his level is really going to be. I've been surprised to see teams go back to Scandinavia for some of these signings. You know, if if it was me and I heard what Ariel Holan said at Independiente that they needed to sell two or three players to get right financially there's about five or six players in that squad that would be great fits in mls and that's where i'd be doing my shopping
1: it is interesting uh there have been some good players coming over from scandinavia but none that i think have been quite as impactful as those from south america at least recently
0: Mm -mm. i think the i think the markets in south america i mean we're seeing it with the talk about barco we're seeing it with potential options on young players at Newell's, a young guy like